Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Thank you, band. Thank you, worship team. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Amen. Get your Bible. Or your electronic device out, please. And just keep it in your hand. We're going to go a little different today. Just keep it in your hand. We're going to continue talking about prayer and fasting. And uh, I'm really, really, really excited about the season that we're in. Um, and God has been saying some very, very specific things to me about us, about his church. And I'm very humbled uh, by them and excited to share them with you. And uh, I, I really, really do pray that, that we collectively would grab a hold of what is going to be said over this pulpit. Um, I know many of you do take the word of God very seriously and what uh, the man of God, woman of God says. And then I know that there are those that listen to a lot of preachers. And you already made up your mind what 2023 is going to be about for you. But I pray that you have an open mind and uh, do realize that we do. We have a serious relationship with the Lord here at this church. We do. We do. And uh, we're not we're not we're not pretending we're not we're not practicing and playing. Uh, we do seriously seek the Lord. So let's bow our heads and I'm going to kind of share, just talk, share some things with you about prayer and fasting that I, I know will help you. I know it's God. So, uh, Father, we thank you for the opportunity to share your word, your, your will, your spirit, your wisdom and your anointing. We're asking you now to visit us with a greater intensity of your spirit and your anointing. Open the ears of your people to hear. Let their hearts be receptive. Let the man of God speak clearly and concisely concerning your will. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated with your, with your Bible, your electronic device. I'm going to talk about some historical facts about the results of prayer and fasting. Historical facts. The, 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 these aren't made up, contrived Exaggerated, these are historical facts. How many of you know the Bible is a history book? <laughs> that, that might be a revelation for some of you right there. The Bible is not a compilation of fairy tales, fables, and stories. <laughs> it is a history book. Everything that happened in the scripture happened historically. They are historical facts. So I'm going to use the Bible to back up the historical facts of what prayer and fasting does when people do it correctly. Um, as I've been saying, those of you that have been listening, um, throughout the history of mankind's relationship with God, prayer and fasting has been used by God's people in particular to get God's attention. I'm going to say that again. God's people have historically 
used prayer and fasting to get God's attention. Now, just, just, just in those few words, it should make you think. Why would man need to do something extra to get God's attention? That, that also leads us into prayerfully understanding that there are times in human history when man gets out of control. And man cannot get man back in control. I'm already there. Man who is human government can't get human government back in control. Down to the lowest common denominator. Let me say it this way. Husband and wife who have children that they are over cannot keep their children in control. It's everywhere. Man is out of control. Government, home, business, every genre. Man's out of control. We cannot trust each other to do each other right. So what begins to happen is God's people begin to recognize the pattern. <laughs> and we begin to mumble, grumble, complain first. Then as we mature and get really, really tired of it, we go to talking to God. God, Come on, God. Jesus. Now, see, see, now that don't make no sense. Lord. And as it gets more and more personal, more and more painful, then we become desperate. And we begin to fast and pray. In Psalm 35, verse 13, the Bible tells us that David humbled himself with prayer and fasting. We have been talking about the part humility plays in prayer and in fasting. Because things have gotten so bad that we now know there's nothing we can do. If God doesn't move, it's only, it's only going to get worse. So David, who was king, he was sovereign. He had all power, came to a place in his life where he realized his kingship, his authority, his anointing wouldn't change anything. So he humbled himself before God and he prayed and fasted. In Matthew 9, Jesus was asked why his disciples didn't fast. <laughs> they walking around with Jesus having a good time. And the religious folks said, wait a minute. Your disciples don't fast. And Jesus said, uh, they can't fast while I'm with them. 
but when I die, when I crucify, they'll fast. In other words, fasting, hear me, prayer and fasting humbles us because prayer and fasting is also a type of mourning. Let me help somebody. You, you want to know why you have an upset stomach more days than not? Because of all the wickedness you got to deal with. It's making you sad. You are mourning. You are grieving every time a young man gets shot. You need to know you'll never not be sick while all this wickedness is going on. Wickedness should vex you. Sin should vex us. Let me say it another way. We shouldn't feel as cute as we look. Because there's always something going on that's got your stomach upset, that's got your soul upset, that's got your mind disturbed. You got another call, pray for this one, pray for that one. You should never understand, or you should understand why you'll never always have this feeling in you that would never go away. Kind of said that with a whole bunch of double negatives and everything, but you need to understand why you feel sick. And mourn because there's so much to mourn about. Some of us are old enough to remember it wasn't like this. You could go to the park and play as a kid. You could let your little two, five-year-old just ride there by cross street. You bet not now. And that should make you sick. That should make you sad. So we fast and pray because there's so much to mourn about. Esther. Some of you remember Esther. Esther is a common story of God delivering his people because they prayed and fasted. Her uncle Mordecai was hated by a man named Haman. Matter of fact, Haman hated all the Jews. And he wished all of them to be destroyed. So Haman had this big plan, this big plot to rid the world of all Jews. You know, anti-Semitism isn't new. So in Esther chapter 4, verse 15, we'll pick it up there. Then Esther bade them to return Mordecai this answer. Go gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go into the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish... I perish. Mordecai told Esther, you got to go to the king and you got to get favor with the king. He's the only one that can stop this massacre. And Esther's like, it's not time to go to the king. If, if I go to him without him putting out his golden scepter, I will die. And Mordecai said, well, either you die or all of us die. She said, OK, then I got I can't let my people die. I thought somebody would say something behind that. 
She said, I can't let my people die. Okay, let me say it this way. Let me say it this way. Who's tired of letting their people die? Who's tired, of, who, who's tired of seeing their people die in the streets? Who's tired of seeing their people die? Your people. Our people. Who's tired of seeing saints die? Holy living, righteous living saints dying of cancer and sickness. Who's tired of that? Some of y'all just looking at me like y'all just fell up in here, don't even know where you at. Tell somebody, you in church. Wake up, you in church now. Esther said, I'm not going to let my people die. So fast or pray and fast with me and my maiden. I'm going to go to the king. And if I perish, I perish. How many people feel like that? Let me, let me talk to the brothers. Is any base in the house? Yes, sir, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me talk to the brothers. Any, uh, any brothers serious sports fans? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, there's this ongoing joke. I kind of like to keep it going. It don't really matter to me, but, you know, it's just things I do to have fun as a pastor. Comparing Michael Jordan with... Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I, somebody, that's the most you said in church all year. But, <laughs> you know, and then you've got Tom Brady, the amazing greatest quarterback ever, playing at the level he's playing at at his age. It's amazing. And they're paying these guys 30, 40, 50 million dollars a year. I ain't hating. I watch them, I'm amazed. You got Steph Curry, the greatest shooter ever. They say he stays after, after every game and, and practices no matter where he's at. We're just, we're just amazed. We marvel at the skill of these people. But then me, me, me as a kingdom, me, me, me as a kingdom, man, I wonder where are the saints that we marvel at? Where, where are the men that say, Bishop, I want to stay after church and pray two hours? Where are the miracle workers that fast and pray and seek God to the point where the power of God is on your life? Where are they at? Where, where, where are they? Where, where are they? Where are they? As soon as church is over, y'all can't wait to get out of here. I feel like walking among you now. I done got you stirred up. Where, 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 where are we at? We're the folks full of the Holy Ghost and fire that you know you can call them and get a prayer through. We're the people, oh, so-and-so sick? Let's get these three saints because they're going to get healed after they pray. Where are they at? Where are they at? Instead of having saints like that, we got saints. We're trying to keep you out your flesh. We're still fighting with you over your doggone flesh. And then we wonder why we're in the condition we're in. Why, why? 
See, people don't like for me to talk like this. This is why the church ain't full. People don't want to talk like this because we don't want to look at ourselves. Not really. Because, again, everything I'm saying to you applies to me, too. Where are the people that are willing to go after God for other people's sake? Write that down. Where are the people that are willing to go after God for other people's sake? Esther says, if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Make a long story short, Haman's plans were, they failed. Haman was destroyed. The Jews were not. Everything Haman planned for Mordecai happened to him, and the Jews prevailed. Because they prayed and fasted. I want you to know there's some things that the enemy has planned for you that if you pray and fast, it will not happen to you. They will not happen to you. No weapon that is formed against you will be able to prosper if you practice these spiritual principles. But we don't want to fast and pray because there's too much good food everywhere. Everywhere. It's hard to discipline the flesh. Because the flesh wants to live its best life now. <laughs> Back in uh, 5th century B.C., Ezra led a band of Jews from Babylon back to Jerusalem. They were, we read it last year, they were rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the city, rebuilding worship, rebuilding the kingdom. And so... It was a very dangerous journey from Babylon back to Jerusalem because the cities had been torn down and there's a bunch of bandits, bandits and you could just imagine how dangerous it was. They were bringing their families on this dangerous journey. <laughs> and they didn't have soldiers to accompany them because Ezra, Ezra took this on as an assignment to rebuild his people. This is my people's way of life. Ezra took upon himself to become a priest and learn the law of Moses so he could teach the people who their God was. Because not only did Ezra love his God, he loved his people. And I can't see my people living in poverty and lack and confused, don't know how to worship God, got things mixed up, messed up. They love God, but they don't have the knowledge of God. I feel responsible. So Ezra took it upon himself along with a band of others. Now watch this. Ezra chapter 7, verse 10. For Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it. 
and to teach in Israel the statutes and judgments of his God. So Ezra knew what he was in for. He knew what he was in for. He knew what he was planning. He knew what the sacrifice meant. He knew what was involved. But he loved God and he loved his people. So Ezra had two options. Somebody say two options. Ezra could ask the king of Persia for soldiers to accompany them and protect them, or he could trust God. But, 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 you know the story. He had been bragging on God. Like, like we do. You, you know how you brag on God, you know, to your coworkers and your neighbors and your family. You know, you brag on God. You tell them how good God is, how great God can do anything. And God is an awesome God. And we sing songs about his greatness. And this is the God we serve. And there's no, just like we just sang. Hallelujah. We give him praise. He's a great God. Well, this is what Ezra did. But when the rubber met the road, Ezra had to make up his mind. Did he really believe his God was great enough to protect him? Or did he ask the king for help? I want you to kind of use your sanctified imagination and, and whether you would or would not have, I want you to think of yourself as, as one of them kind of okey-doke brothers. You know what I mean by okey-doke, that's kind of a street term. But, but you, you know, you, you really was talking about God in ways you didn't really know him. And you really scurred, so you got to go to the king. You know, hey, king, man, you know, you know my God kind of busy right now, but you got a couple, so I don't need but a couple soldiers. Do, do, you, do you realize if that would have been your mentality, how you would have been minimizing God? How you would have been minimizing God and your faith in God? Because you had been saying how great your God is, but when the rubber meets the road, you really don't believe that. And so the Bible tells us that Ezra, let's read it, Ezra chapter 8, verse 29. Then I announced a fast there at the Ahava River so that we might humble ourselves in the presence of our God to ask him for safe journey for ourselves. I had to humble myself before God because I'm not going to humble myself before a king, before a man. I'm going to go to God and say, God, now I may have been talking bigger than I thought, but I still believe you can protect me, my family, and everyone with me. So we're going to humble ourselves. We're going to pray and fast, and we're going to believe you will protect us. Can I tell you right now, somebody under the sound of my voice, you need to do that right now because you're secretly in fear. You're secretly struggling. There's something you're wrestling with, whether it be a sickness or a disease or something in your life, and you really aren't sure if God's going to answer you. You need to humble yourself right now and say, God, I humble myself and I believe you'll take care of me.
I don't know what tomorrow brings, but I believe you've got it in your hands. I'm humbling myself. The doctor gave me or my mama, auntie, a bad report, but I'm humbling myself right now. I don't know what this disease is. I can't even pronounce it. But I'm humbling myself right now because I know you're able. Let's read it again. I announced a fast. We humbled ourselves in the presence of God to ask him to keep us safe. Who's been keeping you safe? ADT? Protection one? That nine mil you got? Who's been keeping you safe as you get in your car, as you walk through the parking lot, the parking garage on your job? Who's been keeping you? You need to humble yourself. Then he says to ask God for a safe journey for ourselves for our little ones, and for all our goods. Ourselves, our little ones, and our possessions. Who's been keeping you safe? Who's been protecting your stuff when you're here or wherever you, who's protecting you? Then he says in verse 22, for I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers and horsemen to help us. That's where some of us need to be. You need to be ashamed to ask the world for help and you go to church and you pray and you sing and you worship. You need to be ashamed. People don't like this kind of preaching. Either he's God or he's Fred Flintstone, or Iron Man, or Batman. (laughs) See, my brothers and sisters, there comes a time when the rubber meets the road. As a believer, do you straight up believe in God, or are you religious and you like coming here and you like hugs and the songs and it's comfortable and all that or do you really believe God is watching over you that he's really your God that he's really all powerful that the devil can't do anything to you God does not allow do you believe that do you believe that then there ought to be some stuff you shame to ask the world to do for you cause God has been doing it for me You ought to be ashamed of yourself. Taking glory from God. Because you won't humble yourself and pray and fast. <laughs> I was ashamed to require of the king a band of soldiers 
and horsemen to help us against the enemy in that way. Who's really helping you with your enemy? You know, they have this, this fairly new phrase, at least in my time, the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Well, I wonder if the enemy of your enemy is your enemy, and you know they're your enemy, but you let them be your friend because of what they do for you. You know they ain't no good, but because of what they do for you, you don't bring up what they do because they're helping you. Boy, I wish I could walk down there and prophesy to you. You don't say nothing about what they're doing because it's helping you, but you know they ain't living right. You know they're wicked. You know they're ungodly, but they're your friend because they're helping you. See, but when you get faith and grow up and let God help you, you don't need ungodly people helping you. You ought to be ashamed with ungodly people helping you. Look at somebody and just look at them because I know you can't say it. You ought to be ashamed if ungodly people are helping you and you tithe and you give offerings and you won't believe God. You ought to be doggone shame of yourself. Ungodly people helping you. You stand up and sing, be praised, be praised. This is why we humble ourselves. That's why we do it. God's not getting glory out of this type of lifestyle. Against the enemy in the way, because we had spoken unto the king, saying, the hand of our God is upon us. The hand of our God is upon us. This is what he's saying, just like other religious people said, the hand of God be upon you. He said, the hand of our God be upon us for good that we seek him. But his power and his wrath is against all them that forsake him. You believe that? Let's turn to, well, let's just listen. I'll be finished in a minute. Daniel. Daniel has some, some fellas in his book. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I, I think they would have been my friends. I think I'd have been friends with them kind of brothers. No, for real. I, I just believe that. Yeah. I don't know how many of y'all would have been friends with Because see, Daniel's friends, or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were some hardcore brothers. See, when they got saved, they got saved for real. They really did. Because when, when, when Nebuchadnezzar lit that furnace up, Mm-hmm. Put that furnace up. And um, <laughs> he was going to throw them boys in that fiery furnace unless they bowed down. Listen to what they said, in case you don't remember. Daniel chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. If it be so, 
Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. Now watch what he says. But if he don't. But if he don't. He's still God. If he don't. See, see, you got to have an if he don't spirit. That's old school talking. If he don't deliver me, what's your attitude going to be like? If he doesn't heal you, what is your attitude going to be like? If he doesn't give you the breakthrough, what is your attitude going to be like? Will you humble yourself and pray for somebody else's healing, somebody else's deliverance, somebody else's breakthrough while you ain't getting yours? So, 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 so right here, let me stop. Let me stop and, and give you a news flash, and you'll get some more information as, as time goes on here. It won't take a lot of time. God put it in my heart to have the entire church rededicate itself to him. It's time for your amen to mean something. It's time to put some prayer, fasting, giving, serving behind your amen. Because you're not connected to your amen. Your amen is for me. You think I need that for preaching approval. I don't need your amen. The so be it is for God. But it don't mean anything if you don't mean it. It's just Christian entertainment. So they said, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. You can heat that furnace up as hot as you want, bruh. No, they were respectful. Oh, king. That'd be respectful. Oh, king. Heat it up, bro. Oh, king. But while you eating that bad, bad Oscar up, let me just tell you, we've been talking. We're not going to worship you. We're not going to bow down to you. We've already humbled ourselves before our God. We know who he is, what he can do, and what he will and won't do. And we know he can deliver us from your hand. But if he don't, it don't change who he is. And then they say, verse 18, be it known unto you. We got we to testify. We got to testify to you. We don't want you to get it twisted. Be it known unto thee, O king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which you have set up. Now, it's powerful, it's exciting, it's just intense 
as this particular story is, then let's stop and be real. What gods today of the world are you serving? Are there false gods you're serving? Are there false gods you're serving? I'm just going, because <laughs> I got to get somewhere. I'm not, I just, just got to throw this out here. here. Here's just one false god. The false god that's redefined the definition of a woman. What, what, define a woman. Can a man have a baby? Some of y'all ain't ready for this stuff. You don't even know this stuff is going on. I'm going to let the Holy Ghost help you. Look it up. There are people that will tell you men can have babies. And you don't understand what that really means. Verse 8, or chapter 8, verse 23. Ezra says, so we fasted and asked God for our safe journey, and he answered our prayer. Lastly, 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 that you go home. In 2 Chronicles, there's another record. This is the most powerful one. I say the best for last. Yeah, this is another record, and it's a historical record, so it's true. Everything I just said was true. This just ain't, this just ain't preaching. I reminded a story a bishop told me years ago, visiting and, and uh, church was high and they were singing, people was jumping and shouting, dancing, and a little, little boy knee high to, to, to his uncle, standing next to his uncle in church, jumped up and shook his uncle's coat, said, unk, unk, he said, yeah, 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 man. He said, uh, is, it preacher? is he preaching or is he telling the truth? <laughs> see, see it's, it's, it's a shame when the younger generation can't tell the difference. Everything I said to you was true. So in 2 Chronicles, is, <clears throat> excuse me, as I was saying, we uh, see the story of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah. He began his reign about 900 B.C., about 500 years before Ezra. And uh, in chapter 20, uh, verse number one, it came to pass that after, and there's a whole bunch of Babylonian names. I, 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 I can't, I'm just going to do my best. It came to pass that after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon with their others beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side of Syria. And behold, they be in Hazazantamar, which is in Engedi. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Let me read that again. Jehoshaphat feared. Let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Tell you something. Tell you something, tell you something, like my friend saving Houston. Let me tell you something. 
I'll tell you something. Sometimes it's wise enough to get afraid to seek God. I just said something right there. Sometimes it's wise to get scared and seek God. You didn't hear me. That says I'm humbling myself because there's some things I don't know that God knows about what's coming against me. And I'm not going to act like I'm just super big, bad faith man. I don't understand all of this. So I'm getting ready to humble myself and pray and ask God to help me. Stop trying to do everything on your own. Stop trying to fight every demon on your own. Stop trying to deal with every problem in your house on your own. Stop trying to deal with every problem in your family on your own. Stop trying to deal with every business problem on your own. Stop. Humble yourself. What's wrong with you? Lift your hands, get delivered right now. Get that pride out of you. Get that pride out of you. Had the answers. It's okay to admit you're afraid because you don't understand. It's okay to say, God, I don't know, but you know. God, I can't, but you can. And I'm humbling myself right now. Because I need you to move because I got things coming against me from the other side. I don't even know how to pronounce the name of this thing. I already have enough problems. I got enough challenges I'm dealing with. I don't know what to do. So I'm going to humble myself. I'm going to fast. I'm going to pray. I'm going to depend on you. And so Jehoshaphat feared. Set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together. Somebody saying everybody came. Everybody. There comes a time when everybody need to fast. I don't care how many coupons you got to McDonald's. We all get ready to fast. It's too serious for you to eat a cheeseburger right now. Folks is getting sick. Folks is dying. Your uncles, my aunts, your friends, my friends, co-workers, leaders in the church, in the community. It's too serious. You got to have your latte. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. You got to have your latte. Folk around you dying. You burping and farting. All Judah gathered to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, all the cities came to seek the Lord. Five days. All we're doing it is five days. Start tonight at 630. All we're doing is five days. You can't carve out five days. I'm busy. I just bought some new hair. I got to get my hair done. NCAA's championships. Every citizen came to pray and fast. No one stayed away. 
all participated. You know why they all participated? Because it was serious and they knew it. So Jehoshaphat prayed this prayer out loud. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company. Sometimes you need to just admit you outnumbered. We have no might against this great company. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are on you. Oh, glory to God. It's time to put our eyes and our focus, our attention completely on God. Take your eyes off everything else and put your eyes on your God because he's the only deliverer in your life. He's the only one that's going to get you out of this or us out of this. Our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do. <laughs> Verse 13. And all Judah stood, all of Judah. Judah means praise. Everybody that could praise stood up and praised it. With their little ones, their wives, and their children, they made themselves small in God's eyes. We can't, we don't don't know what to do. Today is not the day for you to think of yourself as big. Stop trying to be big when little got you. Then verse 14, then upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, <coughs> excuse me, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jehaziel, the son of Benaiah, the Levites, the sons of Asaph, came and the spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou king Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. See, when we humble ourselves, hear me, hear me, hear me. When we humble ourselves and pray and fast, we transfer the trouble from us to God. This is why he says the battle is not yours, it's the Lord's. But as long as we walk around full of pride, I ain't praying about it. Well, you know, something's going to happen. People will figure it out. Then that's going to be on you. The stress is going to be on you. The sickness, disease, everything's going to keep wearing you down. But when we humble ourselves and say, God, we don't know what to do. We can't fight this battle. We need your help. God says, all right, then I'm going to step in. I'm going to fight the battle for you. I'm going to fight what was fighting against you. I'm going to stop what's been trying to hinder you. I'm going to be on your side. How many of you know we need God on our side right now like never before? We need to fast and pray. The battle 
shouldn't stay in your hands. Everyone stand, please. These battles that's wearing you out, wearing me out, wearing us out, is because you keep trying to fight them yourself. Lift your hands, please. Lift your hands. We got to surrender to God. We got to surrender to God. Some things in this late, this, in this recent season, I just had to leave them on my desk. Mail, business. God, I can't deal with that right now. You got to deal with that. I've been managing it, been, I can't deal with that. I'm giving that to you. I'm not ignoring it. I'm not failing to pay people. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the burden of it, the concern of it. Because you and I aren't wired to handle everything you think you can wire, you can handle. And when we humble ourselves, we put God in the position to fight for us. God takes the responsibility. That's the word upon himself. Lift your hands. Begin to talk to your God. Begin to cast your cares upon him. He cares for you. Begin to give him the responsibility for things that are overwhelming you. Issues, problems, challenges that are overwhelming you. The enemy is coming against you so many different ways in such strength and such fortitude. You, you can't take it. You can't handle it. You can't manage it. He's trying to cause you to have a nervous breakdown. I rebuke in the name of Jesus psychological breakdowns, emotional breakdowns. I rebuke the enemy right now. He's already attacked your body. Then he come against your finances. Then he came against your family. But I declare you will live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. I speak health and healing over you. I speak the shalom of God over your life today. As you humble yourself, the altar is open. Come on, cast your cares upon the Lord. Come on, come on, give it over to God. Come on, let God get involved and fight these battles. You can no longer fight them. They're wearing you out. They're wearing you down. You don't need another blunt. You don't need a joint. You don't need a martini. You don't need no more drugs. You don't need to gamble anymore. Give it to Jesus. Give it to him. Give it to him. Humble yourself. We are praying and fasting people. Get your liberty today. Get your freedom today. Pride wins no battles. Humility does. Somebody said the battle is not mine. Battle is not mine. Say it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Say it again. Say the battle is not mine. Battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. Say it again. Say the battle is not mine. Battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. Say it again. The battle is not mine. It's the Lord's. I'm putting my, my fist down. I'm not fighting again. I'm not throwing another punch. I'm not arguing again. I'm not hollering anymore at it. It belongs to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 
Come on, give it over to him. You don't have to carry it. It's okay to be up. It's okay to be fearful. It's okay not to understand it all. It's okay. It's okay not to understand it all. Stop going back and visiting it. There's some things you'll never understand. When you gave it to the Lord, just let him have it. Today is a new day for you. A new day for us. Because you're not going to hold on to things that you never got any clarity about. And it's not your fault you don't understand. All you need to do is humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And he will exalt you in due season. For God resists the proud. He resists. He stands against the proud and he gives more grace to the humble. I speak grace upon grace upon grace over your life. I speak grace upon grace upon grace over your life today. Receive his grace. Receive his grace. And you will be all right. <laughs> You'll be all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Somebody started getting it. Somebody started. You're going to be all right. I, I think we need one worship song to really seal that in a spirit. Come on, let's sing one worship song before you get ready to go back to your seat telling you right now there's historical proof prayer and fasting works it works it works this ain't about losing weight well when I fast I don't lose no weight it ain't about you losing no weight it's about you losing burdens losing demons that's what it's about this ain't about your flesh. It's about your spirit. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.